This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Look, it's Scarif Live. <laughs> that looks like Josh's chest. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always wanted that on my chest. Scarif Live chest. We can arrange that. We'll be right back after these messages. Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and information, and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information, and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best Steve Sansweet while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection RanchoObiWan.org Welcome everybody to another edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast I am Ro, one of your hosts here on tonight's show. We're doing it live with some special people well, one special people. You all know her in general. As, there you go. As special uh, as they come. As special <laughs> as they come. Take a drink, Ch- General Shinobi. <laughs> How's it going, Shanti? Thanks for stopping by. Good. You were a little late. I worked. Huh? Whatever. <laughs> I worked from the couch today. It was wonderful. Really? <laughs> yes. Very nice. Nice. So we uh, speaking of special, we have a special friend with us tonight. Mr. Sith Care Bear. Josh, how's it going, man? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Um, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. So uh, we're going to talk about What If, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe's uh, Disney Plus series. Um, and uh, it should be a really great discussion. I, uh, I wanted to get into this. You know, we haven't had a regular series, kind of like a recap or, or a re- uh, what do you call it, uh, a discussion since the old days of uh, when we uh, used to do it with uh, with Brad. Uh, mm-hmm. We used to do all the Mandalorian stuff. And, um, you know, we've had quite a, a number of series uh, between Mandalorian and What If. We had Wanda, uh, WandaVision. We've had Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Bad Loki. Batch, Loki. We've done a couple of Bad Batch episodes, but uh, not like a complete, you know, week by week, uh, you know, discussion. But um, what if is uh, is a very unique animal? Wouldn't you agree? Yes, yes. I love it. So um, it, it seems like everybody's loving it, but mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to get down and, and go back a little in time. Um, Josh, do you remember the What If comic books? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, there have been several different series over the years. Yeah, I think there's... uh, It it started in February of 1977 with uh, the series uh, What If, um, and back in the day, and I think it went all the way through to like seven series, or seven or eight, Mm -hmm. am I not uh, mistaken? 
Uh, do you guys know what the first, uh, the very first What If story was? It was What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Four. Absolutely, yeah. So, Fantastic uh, Five. The Fantastic Five. <laughs> 1977 was a good year for us nerds. Uh, so, yeah, What If, number one, uh, Spider-Man, What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Five. It has uh, such a weird uh, sound to it, the Fantastic Five. <laughs> I just right? keep thinking of Fox Force Five. Yeah, Fox Force 5, there you go. But, um, you know, getting back a, a little bit into uh, the history. Um, so, Peter Parker, I think I, I was reading a little bit on the um, on the Marvel uh, Wikipedia. Peter Parker needed, he had uh, some money problems, and uh, he wanted to join the Fantastic Four. And uh, in this universe, I guess, uh, Reed Richards told him, sure, come on over. And uh, things started to happen there. Um, Josh, I'm going to ask you because, I, I, you know, whenever we have you on, you always pull out a stack of comic books. So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, that you might know the answer to this. But um, can you give us give us a quick little uh, premise of what what if what is what if why are people going so crazy over it? Christian Fandom Geek, how are you doing? You just showed up in the chat. Howdy. And uh, obviously, Zori, our good friend Zori. We got Nicholas Schaefer, Backyard Tardis. Thank you for joining us. But uh, Josh, uh, tell us a little bit about what is what if. Uh, it's basically like hypothetical stories. You know, what if this happened? What if this was different from that? Um, now, I will say that the the MCU what if has been focused much more on just what if a certain decision was were different. Whereas with the comics, sometimes it was just a general what if Spider-Man and Wolverine fought um, and they would create a, a hypothetical situation that doesn't necessarily rewrite a previously known history. Um, it was more just, uh, you know, this would be cool. So let's see uh, what it would be like. And uh, that was kind of the fun of it. And also the fact that it was typically contained within one issue. So you didn't have to keep up or anything like that. You could just grab the one, enjoy the story and move on to the next or miss a few issues and pick one up later. And and you were you were all caught up. So that was kind of part of the allure as well. Um, but it was definitely a fun book and they've done you know several different renditions over the years. Yeah. So these have been one offs, right? Typically. Yeah. Yeah. Typically. So um the first one um so who is the main character out of all of them i know we've got a a, a character that uh that starts the disney plus series uh the big bald guy what, what's what's his deal uh, he's one of the watchers um mm. i'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head and i can't um, oh two syllables and they're <laughs> mostly vowels yeah, it's or, uh, Ratu, something Utau, like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but no, he uh yeah, he basically he's one of the watchers, these beings that just watch um and they don't interfere in in human affairs. Um and they just kind of chill what back and yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> and, and and judge us based on our poor decisions. Um and and it's, you know, they're basically using him for the the series as sort of a vessel um to carry the to guide the the audience through the stories um that wasn't necessarily the case in the the comic book series yeah so uh so getting back to that first episode or the first um i'm sorry the first comic book in 1977 so what if peter parker or spider-man joined the fantastic five 
Um, I was reading a little bit about the history of that 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 story. Um, I guess uh, Sue Richards was left behind um, to monitor all the missions, and the guys went out to do the missions. Um, I guess she got fed up with it. And somehow Prince Namor, the Submariner, got involved, and Sue and Submariner fell in love. And uh, I'm giving you the cliff notes. Um, <laughs> she was getting fed up because she wasn't going on any missions, um, uh, is what I was reading. And so Prince Namor and Sue fell in love. They made it somehow, and I can't remember the details, but Prince Namor made it so she was able to breathe underwater, which was permanent, um, which caused uh, Invisible Girl to leave the Fantastic Four, which caused Spider-Man to regret uh, making the decision to join because he didn't want to be the cause of, of all the trouble. Um, but uh, And that is, in, in a nutshell, I guess, what that first episode was. I was it's funny off topic I was reading some of the pricing the prices of that very first issue and it still commands quite a uh quite a, a large uh, uh bill when it comes to collectibles and I uh I'm almost afraid of you <laughs> pulling out the fantastic or the what if number 1 and saying oh I have it right here <laughs> But um Shanti are you enjoying the series now? Yeah have you I mean I, up? I watching it today yeah, I was re-watching it today. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then what I are, fell asleep watching the last episode. The the zombie? You fell asleep on the zombie one? Yes. Wow. Were you I like uh, I like the Doctor Strange one the best. Yeah, so I was gonna ask yeah. you, um you know, they start to get a little okay, so the first episode is Captain Carter, mm-hmm. which was uh Shut fantastic. Up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a really, really great episode. Um let me see. Let me let's run it down there. You got Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the second one? T'Challa? Right. The third one, was that Doctor Strange already? No, no, that no, was Ant-Man, no, no, no. yeah. Yeah, uh, which the, I didn't no, like very much. Wait, which one was the third one? Ant-Man. No? It's the one where oh, Ant-Man yeah, yeah. was killing yeah. the Avengers. Right, what if the right. Avengers all mm-hmm. died? And then it was uh, Doctor Strange. Correct. And then the zombies. The zombies. Mm. So um, let me ask you guys this. Out of the five episodes that we've already seen, which ones do you guys uh, like best? Shanti? I just said the Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. Mm -hmm. Josh? Yeah, I would say the Doctor Strange. My second favorite probably was actually the first, the, the Peggy Carter one. Yeah, the Peggy Carter was, uh, it, it wasn't as dark as the last two. Yeah. It was it was very what if, obviously, because yeah. you've got, you know, Peggy Carter making that choice to, you know, jump into the uh, into the tank and, and inject herself, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, it, you know, it, it does have, you know, some really interesting uh, implications and interesting results. But, yeah, it's definitely not as dark as the last two. Um, I'm almost thinking that, uh, you know, a lot of people have, uh, told me that it, it got, especially the Dr. Strange one, my, my son and I were watching it and we were like, like blown away. Heavy. It, was <laughs> it was really heavy. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, at, at one point he even said, you know, this is, uh, for the character, this is like really, really emotional besides all the, you know, the, uh, Groundhog's Day type of stuff, right. um, that, the you know, but I, um, this is one of the first stories that I really thought, like, wow, they are really going dark. 
Josh, uh, do you think this is kind of a uh, a precursor to where they might take the rest of the episodes? And I can't remember how many episodes are. I think they're nine. Yeah, I think they're supposed to yeah. be nine in this season. Yeah. But I, I believe they want to do multiple seasons. Um, yeah. Right. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. Um, no, I think but, it is. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that... I think that they've shown us a, a, a nice mix of different types of episodes. I feel like the first episode was sort of minimal as far as the change. The story still basically stayed about the same. Um, right. You know, it just sort of coaxed us into it gently. Um, then the second episode, you know, does this complete 180 and you have all these different changes. Um, and then I feel like the the ones that have happened since have sort of shown not only how big the changes can be, but where they can take the show emotionally at different points. Um, and I, I feel like we're not going to necessarily have a consistent direction per se. I feel like it will continue to just kind of go up and down. And that's sort of the whole point of it. Um, you don't want to become stagnant in your you know, mm -hmm. idea of what the story is going to be next. You don't want to be prepared. Oh, this is going to be another dark story. Um, they want you to, to um, they want to subvert your expectations to a certain extent. Um, I, hate, I hate that phrase. I know you do. <laughs> and I do notice that uh, some of them are kind of ending as cliffhangers. Like, mm -hmm. wait, what are we going to see the conclusion next week? And I think that's obviously that's done on purpose. But um, what's your what's your guys' take on that? Do you guys want to see the rest of those particular stories? Um, like we've got obviously we've got uh, in this last one the last shot with the uh, zombie Thanos. Right. My son was like, "Oh my god, I want to see what <laughs> what happens next." Shanti, do you want to see more of that? I was actually going to ask. I was wondering if if any of these are supposed to be like connecting in any way, shape, or form. I'd like to see it connect in some way. I would like to see a continuation. I mean, what was the other? There was another. I can't remember which episode it was Captain where they Marvel. had yeah with Captain Marvel yeah. and Nick Fury. So I was she like, hey, are they are they going to continue with that? Yeah. So I would like to see more episodes that connect those. I would too. I would too. Mm -hmm. let, let me ask you guys this. You know. Um, you mentioned uh, in the chat to Zori, you're talking about the animation being, yes. um, it's it's kind of unique. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we're used to obviously animation in Star Wars with with uh, with all the shows that have been gone uh, that that are coming out. Mm -hmm. We uh, are obviously you know used to Marvel comics uh, mm -hmm. or the animation style of the. Or you know the shows that we grew up with, Spider Man and his amazing friends, the X Men, right. all that stuff. You know we watch Batman, all that stuff. But there's a certain um, elegance to the animation in What If, and I wanted to briefly uh, talk about that. Um, you know, some folks kind of uh, describe it as a kind of a, a 2D animation. It's not really 3D like you know we're used to with the Clone Wars or Bad mm -hmm. Batch. Uh, but it is kind of a hybrid because there are, you know, in, in my behind the scenes brain, I can kind of see camera placement. You can see uh, the virtual camera kind of move around in, in a three dimensional you know, space. But um, are you guys digging digging this animation style? And I know uh, when Star Wars Resistance came out, that also had a very unique animation style, very different from... Um, from uh, the rest of the Star Wars animated shows. 
mm-hmm. but Resistance got kind of uh, some some bad raps from fans because they didn't really like the animation. It kind of, for me, it grew on me. Uh, but what do you guys think about the animation uh, of this show? Is it, uh, I don't know, what does it make you feel? Josh, I'll start I, with you. I, I love it. Um, and I, I feel like there needs to be some kind of consistency. And I, I like that they didn't choose to do different styles from ep- episode to episode. Um, I feel like it has its own unique look. It's different from any previous um, Marvel animated films that they've done, um, as well as series. Um and I, I feel like it's kind of a throwback to the classic. It's, it's almost like a, a, a CG 3D interpretation of the classic like DC um, animated series. Um, and not like Batman, the animated series, but back to the like, you know, 40s, um, mm-hmm. the, the old like movie serials that would play at the beginning of, of films and stuff. Um, the old Superman cartoons and things like that. Um, like, I feel like that that style is sort of carrying over to it. And I feel like that fits with the idea that it's, it's comic books. Um, and so I, I really appreciate the look of it very much. So I think it's beautiful. It almost, when I first watched it, it almost reminded me a little bit of like rotoscope mixed yeah. with anime. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It definitely has that rotoscope, but look. it really is so beautiful. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I don't know. It's so very fluid almost in a way yeah and i like the colors and but it also kind of does look like a panel inside of a comic book i I don't know they just did a really beautiful i feel mesmerized by it every time i watch an episode absolutely all the colors i think that's one of the things yeah that's one of the things that really hit me is that it really does look it's Mm -hmm. okay so it looks like a comic book come to life but Mm -hmm a few steps ahead of that mm-hmm. um you know we've all seen you know some really great animation we're happy with it and this and that but this one really uh is is something uh dynamic and special about the animation it really takes you you know into the into the story into the book it's beautiful to watch you can take a look at the some of the backgrounds that are used mm-hmm. um and you know obviously being an mcu you really have to kind of you know, watch it the first time and see the whole thing and absorb it, but then go back and watch it a couple of different times because there's always something in the background that you might want to, you know, take a look at and pick up. And that's one of the that's one of the cool things about uh, about this series is because it's a what if it involves a story that we already know, but it's a little different. And then you also want to kind of get clues in the visuals to see if there's anything else going on too. So that I I find that a fantastic way of, of storytelling. And speaking of storytelling, you know, again, you know, Marvel is taking uh, a very uh, risky attempt at uh, at this show, I, I think. I, and I want to say risky because it really is risky. I mean, besides, you know, this animation style is brand new. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. The stories are, uh, for lack of a better term, they're they're not canon, but they're like, you know alternate realities we have obviously the uh the idea of these multiverses going on but this really kind of solidifies uh the uh, a new way of telling these stories and i really i'm really enjoying it um what do you josh i want to ask you because you're very well versed in comic books you know we we follow these stories from beginning to end but this really uh, you know again 
this really gives us an opportunity to kind of see stories from a different perspective. Uh, you know, we see it in, you know, even in movies uh, like Frank's favorite uh, Back to the Future, where we see the same things happening, you know, from different perspectives. But this is really kind of takes it uh, to a whole new level. Can you talk a little bit about the way that Marvel is telling these stories? Is it something that you uh, that you've seen before or is it something new for you? I mean, it, there's definitely been done before. Um, it, it's it's uh, i mean like you said back to the future um i mean any any way that you can kind of give a different perspective on things um like i don't know if you're a fan of the new battlestar galactica series but they released after the series ended they released a straight to video um film that showed the entire story kind of in a summation from the perspective of the bad guys um and i thought that that was kind of unique even though it didn't change the story necessarily it still Kind of made you see it differently um maybe helped you to understand parts of it um better uh and and so uh you know i i like that they're sort of taking different perspectives but obviously this is more than just a different perspective this is just a whole new you know what ifs just sort of turning things on its head but um at the same time from what i understand it is actually supposed to be canon um and that's why they have gotten as many of the actors as they could to come back and do the voice work because they want it to feel like it's part of the MCU um, because of how it's going to tie into things later on down the road. And I think that more than anything, Marvel through WandaVision and um, Loki and now through What If, they're very much preparing us for the idea that the reality that we knew is not what we think it is anymore. Um, that it's going to change to something else later. And I think that that's going to be the key element to them incorporating all of these new characters that they now have access to after the, the Fox purchase. Space, time, reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prison of endless possibility. Slow down a little bit. There's a few people in the room that don't understand it. Well, a big, a big difference from this series um, compared to the the actual comic that it's based on is that it will connect. That they are mm -hmm. actually trying to build a bigger story with these right. individual stories. And my understanding is some of these characters will transition to the big screen for uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I can't wait for that movie. I can't fathom. Um what they have planned it's you know the this is what phase this is the start of what phase three phase four. Four. four four yeah and you know i i can't believe uh i would never have imagined you know being a uh an eight-year-old kid picking up a comic book and thinking to myself when i'm an adult you're gonna see these stories like like you've never imagined. So this is uh, this is really amazing. You know, Zori said it in the chat. Uh, Marvel really is kicking butt right now, mm -hmm. um, and they have been for for several years. You know, obviously through the beginning uh, with uh, Iron Man and mm -hmm. through the rest of the movies. Um, I just you know sometimes I feel bad for DC. I'm so sucked in. <laughs> I'm so sucked into this. It's it's amazing. And it is sad to me that DC can't seem to pull it together. Uh, yeah. Because as someone who grew up with Batman first and then right. got into Marvel, it's actually very upsetting for me that DC can just see. can't yeah. catch up. But it's fine. I've got Marvel. 
I'm perfectly content. They're kicking ass right now. I'm so invested and it's been fun. Yeah. I think DC does really well with kind of the individual heroes. I, I just, they're, they're really struggling the with building stuff, the, yeah. the bigger universe. I think they were so concerned with trying to not be Marvel and mm. then in at, but then at the same time but also to try catch, to up catch up with marvel yeah yeah um mm-hmm. and they ended up mistake. just making a big mess instead of just kind of taking their time and going mm-hmm. at their own pace and telling the story they wanted to tell i mean they did try to make it different by making it a little bit darker which a lot of people were turned off by i personally didn't have a problem with it i feel like all of Me those either. characters in general are darker. darker they're mature i mean they're many of them are 75 80 years old at this point like the <laughs> the audience is mature okay they right. can handle right. a story that's a little bit more serious um i get that marvel is trying to continue to be fresh and appeal to the you know the teenage youth of um of society as they always did um i mean that was kind of their shtick to begin with back in the 60s right. was to appeal to um you know all the people that were rebelling against the establishment um, whereas DC's just kind of been steady as she goes. And um, I feel like they, I think they overthought it more than anything. They, mm-hmm. they should have just done what they do and not yeah. tried to compare themselves. And at the same time, the audience should have gone into the movies not trying to compare them. Um, right. I feel like people went into Man of Steel immediately just saying, oh, this not Marvel. Well, of course, because it's oh, not Marvel. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really know any other way to put it. Um, so I feel like it, they kind of ruined it for themselves to a certain right. extent. And it's funny, you know, you, you talk about the studios not wanting to be Marvel, but then the audience is not wanting it to be Marvel as well or stopping, you know, stopping the comparison. But, like, when it comes to that, those two points of view like what comes first the chicken or the egg you know do you uh and i think you said it i mean just you know dc just do your thing and your audience will follow Uh, but sometimes i almost feel like dc waited too long because maybe dc really didn't have uh the faith enough in the fans to you know they saw iron man they saw what was going Mm -hmm. on and then they they continued to step back because maybe they thought it was just kind of it's a fluke. It's, a fluke. it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. There's mm-hmm. no way that this is going to happen. I think and it's it also happened. a lack of faith in the creative as well. Um, I, I feel like they weren't giving those that were behind the storytelling the opportunity to tell the story. Um, you know, Marvel has been really good about letting them tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've made sure that each film had its own contained story, but the build-up to the bigger story is what everyone really loves about it. Um, and DC had that, but they weren't given the opportunity to flesh it out um, because of studio involvement, because they immediately knee-jerk reacted to grosses and, and audience reviews and things like that, and, and as opposed to just saying, okay, well, maybe this wasn't what we thought it was going to be, but let's see right. where it goes. Um, and again, the audience was just as guilty of that. Sure. And I just don't like Zack Snyder. <laughs> See, I, I love his visual storytelling. Uh, I think he's he's perfect for telling a comic book story. Um, I get that he's, you know, a little over the top at times in the slow He's another one that's just a little too much flash for me and not enough substance. No, well, I mean, this, that's I my feel problem. like the substance is there. No, um, it's not. Hey, Martha. <laughs> Come on now. Martha. Why'd yeah. you say that name? I'll uh, I'll give my two cents. I do like Zack Snyder uh, visually, like you said. He's a 
I'm going to use the word, and I know Shanti's going to have some ad- objections to this, but I think visually... I object to everything you yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> visually, I think he's... he's Visually, he's a genius. He can mm-hmm. place a camera. He can compose. He can, he can really uh, convey that emotion through his visuals. And um, those are the types of directors that, for me, I, I'm attracted to. Uh, I enjoyed Man of Steel. I still have not seen the four-hour cut of uh, Justice League. I loved it. I did. Yeah, but um, I think maybe tomorrow I'll head over to my local Best Buy and, and check it out. You know, I, I popped up the word choices uh, as a question on screen, and I wanted to talk a little bit about choices uh, that we've been seeing um, a lot. This theme comes up uh, time and time again, and obviously the the, the overall theme of what if is uh, you know playing to different choices, different events. But we also have stuff from Wandavision and stuff that uh, you know the themes that are very prevalent in Loki with the uh, TVA. It all deals with uh, with choices, and I wanted to get your guys' takes uh, on it. Why why are choices so important in the MCU, especially when it comes to these um, these shows that we've been watching? Shanti, do you have any idea? <laughs> I very much believe, like in the butterfly effect, yeah, and everything. Yeah, and everything that you do does have a certain consequence and. I believe very much in fate and things like that and things happening the way they should be. And if you deviate even just a little bit, you're going to completely change the scenario altogether. So I'm very much enjoying all of these different parallel universes. That's why I loved Loki so much because it was all over the place and every little decision that you make has such a grand effect on everything. And I've always liked uh, things like that. That's why I like what if so much because I do like to ponder those things. It's very philosophical. That's why I like it. it. Makes you think. It makes you think. That mm-hmm. is perfectly well said. Um, I think it does make you think. Uh, and then Josh, you were talking about, uh, or somebody said something about no substance, and there is definitely substance in these mm-hmm. uh, these movies, these projects, this series. Um, Josh, what do you think about choices and the way Marvel's uh, is uh, presenting these themes? Well, I mean, it's a it's a key element to telling the hero's journey. Um, it's the choices that we make that define us. Um, it's it's those choices that make the difference between a life saved and a life lost, uh, a, a hero or a man becoming a hero versus a villain. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that that's just a, a key element to telling any hero story. And when you've got a story involving so many heroes um, and you're trying to unify it, you have to have a unifying theme. So why not? I think it's a perfect choice. um but yeah no it's all about the the way that those choices define the moment and what comes after um and i think what if is very much trying to show us how a change in those choices can have drastic effects absolutely you know i always think of uh my favorite superhero in the marvel cinematic universe ever since i was a kid and that is spider-man and the choices that he made to uh to become this alter ego um you know and that's i think one of the reasons i i hold the term that uncle ben told him 
uh, to such a high degree with great power comes great responsibility. He didn't mm. listen to that. Um, he allowed this, this killer to go past him in the hallway mm -hmm. in the story. That choice alone changed so much, not only, you know, for us as viewers, but for him as a character in his life, you know, uncle Ben was, mm -hmm. was, was murdered, um, in the comic books by the same guy. He went, uh, I can't imagine the mind game that uh, that Peter was going through when he found out what that choice basically, you know, locked in mm -hmm. uh, his his entire future, his fate. And yep. that, I think that's one of the reasons that I um, I'm kind of upset at the MCU for not bringing in that concept. And I know we've seen the origins of Spider-Man time and time again, but it would be nice to kind of see um or kind of reintroduce that concept of great power and great responsibility into the MCU Spider-Man. Um I know this last episode with the what if the zombies they mentioned Ben. They mentioned yeah. Ben Ben mm -hmm. Parker. Um from what I've, I've heard <laughs> I've heard rumors. Well, I think it was very purposeful. Um yeah. I've I've heard rumor that that this because the way that they introduced Spider-Man into the MCU was was kind of brilliant because they picked up at a point after that right. um and and you know allowed tony to be his mentor figure to a certain extent but right. they still in in the in the last film they did tease ben um because if you notice on his suitcase um bp or the uh, initials on it um yeah. and so that you know they've been kind of building towards it and i feel like this was very much to remind the audience that that character is a part of this story um because from from what i've heard they are going to make him a key element to the next film um, I feel like maybe Uncle Ben and the bond with Uncle Ben and how impactful Uncle Ben was on the decision to become a hero will be part of what helps to unify the different Spider-Men that we're going to see in the next movie. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, as they say yeah. that we will. That is amazing. Just the fact that you mentioned that, that Marvel might have thought of this even back then, to say that we're going to introduce this concept in the future, in a couple of years, when we do all this stuff, it's mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. well, it's it, brilliant it, storytelling. Masterful, it, yeah. It really yeah. is. Well, we I, really I was re-watching re The Avengers uh, the day before yesterday, and mm -hmm. um, in the scene when Black Widow is sort of playing mind games with Loki in order to interrogate him and figure out right. why he's there, um, he actually when he's trying to get under her skin, he actually mentions things that are the plot of the black widow film. Mm, um, so, I mean, even back then, even though at the time, you know, Marvel's president was very adamant that there would not be any female superhero films. Um, Feige had the foresight to ensure that they laid the, the groundwork to do it when they could. Um, and so I, I, their storytelling is just, it's unparalleled. It really, really is. It really is. It really is. And uh, did you guys see that um, the date that the uh, this new Spider-Man trailer was released was uh, penciled into the calendar uh, in WandaVision? In WandaVision? Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about foresight. And obviously, yep. Wanda WandaVision and all that stuff was kind of uh, delayed because of the pandemic. Right. But we have even more time in between those two events that makes you just go nuts that is amazing nothing genius. short nothing short of genius absolutely we uh let's see who else is in the chat we got a couple of patrons in the chat and i wanted to take a quick break 
to say uh, thank you very much to our patrons. We'll be back in a minute and a half. All right, time for the big thank yous, podcast family, to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you, wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Hello there. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, what up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridian, Frank, at the Garrison level. Big thanks. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Convergence Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused podcast. Big thanks, you Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. Huge respects to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. And remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. Don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Absolutely. Big thanks to all our patrons. That's so funny. Can't have the scuttle without the butt. (laughs) Um, One of our patrons, Nicholas. Great video. (laughs) Nick, uh, Nick, the other day, I think on YouTube, he asked, um, you know, when uh, when Brad's not here, which one of us is the scuttle and which one of us is the butt? Don't oh, answer that. It's obvious. <laughs> it's quite. And obvious. leave me out of it. <laughs> oh man! But but absolutely, thank you to all our supporters and what even Josh? the ones. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Idiot. We also have some non-patron uh, supporters, folks that retweet us all the time, like Vader Rapina. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for that. You guys rock. And uh, hey, Nicole Marie is in the house. How's it going, Nicole? Nicole? Peace, love, <clears throat> Star Wars. <laughs> give her, give her a follow too. Zori, thank you very much for stopping by. I know you've got some plans. Have a great time. Uh, buy, uh, get some extra butter for me and some jujubes. Do they still sell jujubes? No. No. I think so. How old are you, Rose? I know. <laughs> like 80. <laughs> Off my lawn. So let's talk about the future of What If. I um, downloaded a uh, list of episode names but they were kind of out of order and some of them we hadn't seen yet and i think uh what is today tuesday yeah uh tomorrow we're getting i think a killmonger episode mm-hmm. um and then uh there's some other ones on here 
I don't know. This one says Loki on Earth, but we've already seen Loki on Earth, so I don't know what that's referring to. Who cares? Bring Loki all day long. (laughs) Bring Loki all day long. Supreme Doctor Strange. Uh, Here's a good one. Party Thor. I don't know about that one. Oh, I can't Um, wait for that. (laughs) uh, Gamora versus Tony. And uh, I think the, uh, the last one on the list might be the last one in the series, which will uh, definitely looks like it might gear uh, up to be something really, really phenomenal to leave us as a season ender. It's called infinite Ultron. So we'll see what that's all about, but that sounds really exciting. Um, I think they're going to bring Ultron back into the, yeah. 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 Uh, he's a he's a key part of the story that that they're. I heard that being Wars. floated around. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Absolutely. it makes perfect sense. Yeah, give me more James Spader. Yeah. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. He totally made the character. Give yeah. more James Spader always. So Josh, you wanted to talk a little bit about the the what if uh, future of what if uh, what in particular did you have in mind specifically? Well, you know, just how is it going to connect with everything yeah. later down the road and. And um, you know a lot of things that we've already touched on, but I I did you know sort of talk about how it is unique that they are actually telling a singular story here, um, and a lot of those titles that you mentioned I think are actually continuations of some of mm-hmm. what we've seen before. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. Um, like I believe that the Gamora fighting Tony thing, I believe that that may be an actual continuation of the second episode mm, yeah. um, with T'Challa, because my understanding is she becomes um, the Thanos character, character. The, the mad right. Titan, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I am excited to see how, how they connect it all together. Um, and if they're going to try to build like a, a team sort of thing or um, if there's, going to be a finite end to it all and, and if there are characters that transition into the MCU what characters and, and why um, how are they going to what part are they going to play in things later um, big rumor is that the uh, the Captain Carter will be appearing in Doctor Strange 2 um, so what does that mean is she going to kind of to a certain extent replace Captain America is she going to be the MCU's Captain Britain um so yeah, I'm kind of curious about how all of this is going to play into it. Um, and I'm also curious if, I, I doubt they'll do it with season one, but maybe season two, will we see some X-Men show up? Um, mm. Will we see mm-hmm. some Fantastic Four characters show up? Um, because, I mean, they're right now, I think they're very heavily focused on the Fantastic Four. That's definitely what they're building towards in this particular phase. Um but they still have to start laying the groundwork for the X-Men, which obviously is going to be a much bigger story to tell. You can't really sum that all up in one movie, whereas you can do a Fantastic Four origin story pretty easily um, and have it fit in with the existing MCU, whereas mutants existing is something that's going to take a lot more explanation. Um, Even if they do explain it through the multiverse, it still has to be explained. Otherwise, it's just not going to be good. And, and that's what the, the MCU does best is they make it make sense. Even people who aren't well-versed in comics can keep up and appreciate the little Easter eggs. And, and I think what they do better than any franchise is each continuation, each installment, each sequel, it 
each series, they all do what a continuation should do and oftentimes fails. They actually enhance the story. Mm -hmm. um, when I watch, after watching WandaVision, going back and watching Age of Ultron and, and mm -hmm. Infinity War and Endgame, all of the stuff involving Wanda and Vision is much more impactful. Um, and, and that's what I love about it is, is as they build the story, it makes the earlier parts of the story even better. Um, right. So I, again, it's just genius. So I'm excited to see what's going to come. Alan, I also agree. Give us doom. I oh, think yeah. he's such a fascinating character in the comic books. I didn't really like him in, uh, in any of the movies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Dr. Doom is, uh, I was rewatching, uh, Falcon and winter soldier well, and there was a, um, I have a theory about that. <laughs> yeah. Go, what's your theory? Well, I, well, I was just, well, from watching Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah. mm -hmm. at the end of the series, it's it's revealed that Sharon Carter is the power broker. Mm -hmm. But earlier right. in the series, Zemo talks about how he had met the power broker um, as a child, and he right. refers to him as as a he. Um, mm -hmm. And also, they make they they go to Latvia, which is borders Latveria, which is right. where Dr. Doom Dr. is Doom from. Is, yeah. um, and since Zemo was a baron and, you know, as a child uh, living in the, the aristocracy, he very easily could have met the prince of, of Latveria. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, it, yeah, it, it makes sense. And I think that the, the Sharon Carter thing was just to throw us off. And later we're going to find out that Doom is actually the power broker. And um, and he's kind of pulling the strings because I think that they're going to introduce him well before the actual Fantastic Four, as they should. Um, I mean, Doctor Doom is kind of the quintessential villain of the Marvel Universe. Uh, mm -hmm. He's not just confined to the Fantastic Four. He's such a huge villain that has touched on every character, every team at some point or another in, in massive, very impactful ways. Um, mm -hmm. So for them to just relegate him to some guy that got powers in the same experiment with the fantastic four that like they've always done, which is not his story. Mm -hmm. um, like I feel like Marvel's actually going to do the character justice. And I think he's going to be a huge part of what's to come. Yeah, Who would you like to play him? <sighs> That's going to be tough. Yeah. You know, it gets back. I'd to... like Liam Neeson to play him. Wow. Well, here's the thing, you know, we talked about mm -hmm. this in a previous episode where we, uh, where yeah, I would love to for them to find like a really great actor, uh, up and coming actor that we don't know, just so we don't get lost in, oh, this is the this celebrity. is the actor from this yeah. playing Doctor Doom. I mean, right. these are you know, I get it. But he's someone that needs to command. He needs to have a, a screen presence. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. You know, he can't just be some twenty something that has some armor and you know, right. is really smart. Um, <laughs> yeah, there has to be a little bit more to him. Um, you know, I think he needs to have a, uh, an actor of a different caliber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Gary Oldman, maybe he could be a good doom possibly. I don't know. I'm I just love Gary Oldman. <laughs> I like Batman people that were in Batman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, uh, that would be fantastic. Oh, I use fantastic way too much. Don't I Shanti? <laughs> Wait on that list, so, yeah. I know. Oh, scratch that off the list. <laughs> So I want to remind everybody because, okay, so I'm sitting here in uh, my room. We've got uh, all sorts of things oh. here um, <gasps> that need to be given away. Uh, Didn't you say you were giving that to me? 
Yes, here, here it is. Um, anyways, I want you guys, uh, if you're catching this on the replay, remember to go listen to our episode 79 and take a listen to the Sentry Mode curated by our friend Trevor Beast. Uh, we were on with Dork Wars podcast. I still have all this stuff that I need to give away. Um, but nobody has emailed us. So there's some questions that Trevor, uh, wrote up in that episode that, uh, would be fantastic. If you guys listen to it, uh, jot down the answers and email us here at scare scuttlebutt at gmail.com for your chance to win one of these things that I got here all over the place. Batman and Star Wars. And more Star Wars. So come on. Listen and win. You can't win if you don't listen. Isn't that right, guys? Can I play? You and your play. No one wants to play with you. No one wants to play with you. Go in the corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) Marvel is just killing it they're just crushing Mm. it i don't it's like we're all hypnotized Uh, Mm. whatever they're doing keep doing it somehow you're able to repeat this magic disney watch what they're doing please because can you take that and apply it to star wars because it's really (laughs) sad to me that star wars has taken such a back seat and it makes me feel really guilty (laughs) yeah it does it's funny it's funny my friend uh caesar Mm-hmm. Um, had a theory that although they're the same company, they uh, one is um, sabotaging the other, which I I find hard to believe, but it certainly seems that way sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh, what about you? Any final thoughts on what if? Um, well, do you guys have any ideas of episodes, things that you'd like to see happen in it? Oh, um, I actually yeah. I, I had an idea uh, for an episode. I I'd like to see what if. Hulk stayed. What if he decided to stay and be with Natasha and never mm. went to Sakar and was never nice. there to help Thor during Ragnarok? Yeah. And Thor might be dead, which would mean he would not be there to fight Thanos and all of that. So it could have mm. huge repercussions on the story. And I'm just kind of, I mean, it's just That's an idea that I, I thought would actually be kind of neat. That's I'm not creative right. enough. The only thing I could think of is what would have happened. I thought about that all day. The only thing I could think of is what would have happened, I guess, if maybe Loki would have been the one that was worthy of the hammer instead of Thor, and how would that have affected the relationship between Loki and, and his father and Loki and Thor? So that was the only thing I could come up with. Well, that's a good one. Like, what that's if, a good you one, know, yeah. would Thor go bad? I thought it was like, a little too easy. Or... That's why I didn't want to say it. <laughs> but that's the it only could, one I could think of. It could have huge repercussions, though. Mm-hmm. It could completely reshape the the landscape of the story, so yeah, that, that could definitely be a good one. Absolutely, I think that's good. See, <gasps> you are creative. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so proud of myself. The only but one otherwise, I, I loved it. Yeah, know, the series. So absolutely, keep watching. Tomorrow we got another one and uh, a couple more to go. The only one I got is what if Babu Frick couldn't reboot C three PO? Thank you, everybody. Tip your waiter. Bye. <laughs> Jesus. I want to thank everybody. In the, oh, look, Dave Richards just woke up. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. 
And I do think there is going to be a season two because IMDb is showing that there's 18 episodes, yeah. not nine. Nice. So I Very really good. do think we're going to get that news that it's greenlit. Take a... And, That's and what then, I do you know, all day long is read IMDb. That's what I do all day long. But then how is that season two going to connect to things? Um, like season I one, obviously, know. is going to... But that's what I'm excited for. Um, you know, season one's obviously going to build to mm -hmm. Doctor Strange. Is season two going to kind of show the repercussions of it? Right. Um, yeah. So I'm very curious to see because it would just, you know, right now we're watching this wondering how is it going to impact mm -hmm. the MCU. It'll right. be interesting to then watch some more MCU content and, and then how, to see how yeah. that later impacts the next season of What If absolutely again genius storytelling i'd love to be a fly in the wall in the writer's room yep it is uh very exciting uh not only to be you know we always say it's exciting to be a star wars fan and sci-fi and fantasy but uh all this comic book stuff is uh amazing too so absolutely I want to thank you, Josh, for joining us tonight on our What If discussion. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for hanging out with Thanks, us. Josh. Well, thank you for having me. It was definitely my pleasure. Absolutely. So uh, next time uh, we will definitely join some other friend. we got another Quick Cuts episode coming up. We just have to find a, uh, a victim. So, uh, Shanti, oh if you put your thinking cap yeah, on. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I am the murderer, apparently. Yeah, yeah, so, apparently. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Thank you to our patrons for uh, joining us. And if you caught this on the replay, please give us a thumbs up and a share. We'd like to hear what you guys think of what if. Are you liking it? Are you not liking it? What is your what if? Drop us a comment on Twitter at Scarif Podcast or shoot us a voicemail. Record a voicemail. What do you do with voicemails? You call us. Like, what is a voicemail? <laughs> 773-234-8659. Pick up the phone, dial. Nobody dials anymore. Just push some buttons and get a hold of us. Scarefscuttlebutt at gmail.com. Shanti, take us out. And that's the scuttlebutt. Woohoo! listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>